This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Levi Afton. It is good to be here. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon. And what are we going to So much going on. Um, and other than the fact that I'm hearing double now as I speak, life is fantastic. Um, gosh, it's a messy world. Some people are idea of the COVID-19 restrictions. People are following what's going on in the state. People are following what's going on around the world. And there's no question that it is affecting people in deeply meaningful ways. And as one person told me a few minutes before I started the show, she reached out to me and said, Rabbi, I thought that we're going to walk out of this COVID-19 and we're going to be better people. And... I'm not convinced that we aren't walking out better people. I believe that there's a lot of positivity that's coming out of this um, whole experience as well. If we're absolutely honest with ourselves, there's a lot of positivity that's coming out in this experience um, and that we have to focus on and be absolutely honest about. But when gener- when conversation is generated around the world and generated in the community, it's important that we jump on the bandwagon and s- be part of that conversation and allow ourselves to um, listen, to listen to what's going on, to listen to the to the voices, to listen to the conversation. Um, I, you know, and I'm talking specifically about what's going on in the United States right now, the whole question of race. And of course, uh, the tempting thing is just to focus on the, the, you know, the exceptions, the violence, and turn that into the narrative. But as I've said, I had a share yesterday with a group of people in my community, and I said that it behooves us to not be, to not get lost in the details and to actually see the bigger picture and to ask ourselves some honest questions and to be able to challenge ourselves to look inwards and ask ourselves, how do I treat my fellow human being? Is there any part of me that disrespects the human being simply for something they are, not for something they do? And it's a conversation that we've had many times, but obviously it's important to frame it in the current conversation. Any kind of xenophobia, any kind of hatred of the other for who they are, not for, rather than criticizing what people do, is, you know, there's a definition on Shabbos, muktza. It's muktza. It's fundamentally wrong. And it boggles the mind how people will often be using religious so-called excuses to justify um, despising the other, putting down the other. But here's what religion says. Religion tells us, and, and it's actually in the words of Tehillim, Yitamu Chata'im. It's a famous story in the Talmud where Rabbi Meir had family member, he had people in his town who were misbehaving. And at some stage he started praying for their demise. And his wife, a very wise woman, she's quoted often in the Talmud, her name was Bruria. So Bruria turns to her husband and says, doesn't the verse says, Yitamu Chataim, that we ask that evil be removed from this world, that sins be removed. But we never spoke about sinners and people. We don't define it that way. We We don't want the removal of people. We just want the end of negativity. But unfortunately, many of us struggle to separate between the act and the person. 
And automatically, if we associate, for whatever reason, whether true or false, a certain act with a certain person, by definition, we start hating the person. But there's no legitimacy to that at all. And you, you, you're forced to question yourself, where does it come from? Where did we arrive? And it's not a new thing in the world. I mean, it's as old as humanity itself. It's fundamentally human. This discomfort with other, where the person, because they look different than you, because they act different than you, because they feel different than you, because their culture is different than you, Instead of being curious, you grow distant. And I'll be honest, I get it. We all get it. It's a very human emotion to be afraid of the other. That's why the Torah has to repeat itself dozens of times in the, in the Torah over and over and over again. The Torah says, treat the foreigner well. Treat the stranger well. Be mindful of other people's feelings over and over and over again. Why? Because by default, our, our human experiences that we're comfortable with familiar and we're uncomfortable with unfamiliar. And yet, how that evolves, you know, discomfort with other, I guess, is human. But then feeling comfortable to label other people based on anything that they did that's beyond their choice is wrong. I'll be honest, even if somebody made a bad choice, I would still say define the choice, not the person. But if you're defining the the person based on something that it's who they are and you're despising them for that, does that make any sense to you? Because honestly, it doesn't make sense to me. And as much as I... You know, I've heard, I've spoken to various people who would never call themselves xenophobic by any stretch of imagination. They're very warm, kind people. But somehow when they talk about certain kinds of people, regardless um, whether it's a, it's a race issue, a gender issue, whether it's a personality issue, there's some kind of person that they despise without even knowing their name. For me, that's the definition of xenophobia. The definition of xenophobia is you hate me and you don't know me. But simply because I was born Jewish, black, male, female, whatever it is, you hate me. And that is, you know, you could get lost in what's going on in the United States with with the violent demonstrations. But ultimately, I've been challenging myself the past few days to see beyond the, you know, few percent of people making chaos and actually ask themselves, like, what are people feeling and what's the hurt that people are feeling? And... Is there anywhere within me that I could ask myself, can I make this world better? Am I in any way a person who, in, you know, is a xenophobe, is a person that judges others n- not based on their actions and doesn't judge actions, but rather judges people simply for something that they can't do anything about? Okay, so most of us are not aggressive about it. Maybe many people are very good people. They just have subtle xenophobia, I know it's not a nice word to call it, but it's it's much more generic than calling it anti-Semitic or racist or, you know, any kind of phobe. Um, we have to ask ourselves an honest question as, you know, America goes up in flames and the whole world once again is brought back into a conversation, which I don't believe these conversations should be avoided. Obviously, it could be done with dignity, etc. But conversations are a good are good opportunities, no matter how awkward they are. And to honestly have our conversation with ourselves, to ask ourselves, what am 
I doing about this? How do I look at other people? How do I appreciate difference? Now, Craig, before I uh, go to the break and uh, play a song, I actually want to play the song, if you don't mind, Unity, because I think it's very much in the theme. So before we go to Unity, make a difference during the COVID-19 pandemic with DISCAM. Your DISCAM benefit points can now go towards supporting the independent solidarity fund sent up by the president. DISCAM is matching rand for rand, all points, donations, and will kickstart it with an upfront 2 million rand. Monies raised will go towards saving lives and assisting people in need. Donate now by converting your points via DISCAM app or website. Together we are stronger. Together we can overcome the pandemic. DISCAM, pharmacists who care. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and my name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome back. This is 101.9 IFM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and we are here Talking on the High FM show, obviously due to COVID, it's happening right here at home, but it's good to be here and it's good to be able to chat with you on this occasion. As we spoke earlier, we started the show discussing, um, you know, what, what's going on in our world and the conversations that must be had at this time. In general, one thing that, you know, they often call us is the people of the book, as Jews were called people of the book. But I, I, I would think a better definition is people of the conversation. Because if you actually open up the book, and I'm talking about the book, whether it's the five books of Moses or the fundamental book of oral law, the Talmud, you will find lots of conversation. That's what we have. We have conversations. Because as Jews... We've been trained from the youngest age to talk, to be able to actually engage, to chat with one another, to have a real conversation. As uh, Rabbi Sachs brings in one of his books, that one of one of the Nobel Prize winners, I believe in chemistry, a Jewish fellow, says that when he came home every day, his mother wouldn't ask him, how did you do today? Did you get a good mark? But her question was always, did you... Ask a good question. Not did you do well on the test, did you ask a good question? That was the question that always, um, they were always curious about. Tell me about the question you asked. What quality question was it? And ultimately to be a person, um, that's open and broad is to be able to have conversations. And, you know, in the past few days I've really deliberated in my mind over and over about what's going on in the United States and you know, all the memes going around and a lot of cynicism and a lot of judgmentalism, etc. And let me be clear, as I said earlier, in no way am I justifying violence. Ne- heaven forbid. I think that's self-obvious. At the same time, when people are hurting to be patronizing to it or to disregard it and not have an honest conversation about it, for me, I think, is a, is a wasted opportunity. Because as human beings, our challenge every single day is to grow. Our challenge every single day is to ask ourselves, can I become a better person? And it's so easy to just hear what's going on in the world and say, ah, it's there. It's the easiest conversation to have. It's so easy to just point out and sit there saying, you know what, over there, there they have a problem. United States, they have a problem. We're all good. We're fantastic. But to be a person of conversation means to be able to have the courage to ask yourself a very straight question. Do you accept everybody, no matter who they are, regardless of who they are, just because they're human? 
Can you see the image of God within every human being, regardless of race, color, and creed? Because if you can, then you're seeing the world and you're seeing your fellow human being in a godly light. But if I get stuck, and instead of seeing you as a person of intrinsic value, instead of seeing you as a person who is wonderful just by the mere fact that you're here, Instead of me being able to look at you and say, you know what, you're creating the image of God and that is more than enough for me and I don't know what God looks like, but all I know is that each and every one of us looks like him. If I have the ability to say that, then I live in the united world. But if I look at a person and I cannot see it in them, the problem is not the other person, the problem is me. And I've shared the story before, but I have to share it again because it's been a, it was a pivotal moment in my life. Um, you know, grew up, I wouldn't call myself in any way xenophobic, but I wasn't exactly the most um, liberal in my ideas of looking at people and not judging them based on anything, but just looking at them without judgment. And I had a moment in my life that was extremely consequential. The moment was like this. I was sitting on a bus. And it was in Italy. I spent a year in Italy. I was in Malpensa. I was tra- I was traveling from the city of Milan to the airport, which is quite a distance from Milan to the airport. And I'm sitting there. And as I travel, uh, you know, I'm sitting on a seat and the seat next to me is empty. And a young child sits down next to me. And obviously, you know, t- out of act of respect, I'm not going to say you know, what the child was, but he was definitely a different upbringing than me, whether a different race, a different religion, it was a different lifestyle than me. I'm, you know, uh, I look Anglo-Saxon, I'm Jewish, and that kid didn't. And he sits down next to me, eight-year-old kid, I was 21. And the mother sees that kid sitting down next to me, and she jolts him up. She schleps him up and gives him a whole screaming in a language I didn't understand. And I remember thinking, and ever since then it's framed the way I see the world. I remember sitting there and thinking, you hate me and you don't even know my name. You hate me and you know nothing about me. And that moment to have to acknowledge, to be able to, you know, look at and say, gosh, gosh, you don't know anything about me. You know nothing. At that time, I barely had a beard. I had a keep on my head. So yes, I looked Jewish. But I was like, you know nothing about me. You don't know that I'm American. You don't know what I believe in. You don't know what I stand for. You don't know what kind of character I have. You don't know nothing about me. And yet your kid sat down next to me on the bus. And all you could think of doing is schlep them away from me. You hate me without knowing my name, without knowing anything about me. And that moment, honestly, was one of the most defining moments of my life. Because after that, whenever I feel within myself this uncomfort, this discomfort with the other, regardless of whether it is based on the choices they make, regardless of who they are, how they were born, what race they're from, what religion from, the, the moment I despise a person, and I find within myself a unhealthy feeling towards my fellow human being without knowing anything about them, I always look at myself and say, lady, 
you don't even know the person's name. Like I often think about antisemitism, you know, because that, obviously that's a hatred that's personal, and that was what I witnessed myself on that bus in, in Italy. I often ask myself, like, how is it possible for somebody to dislike me without knowing anything about me? All they know is that I was born Jewish. My mother is Jewish, and therefore I'm Jewish. That's all they know about me. Truth is, they don't even know that because maybe I'm just dressing up like a Jew. But let's say for argument's sake, they know I'm Jewish. I have the nose, I have the face, I have the look. They know I'm Jewish. And yet, just by the mere fact that you know that about me, you feel legitimized to dislike me? You feel legitimized to put your thoughts on me? That's what I always think about. And then, but... On the other hand, when I hear of other people's pain, when I'm witnessing millions of people in the United States bringing up and sharing their pain that they're going through in a very real way, I ask myself the same question again. And that question is, how many people are feeling that just by the mere fact that they look a certain way, other people look down at them? Ask yourself. Ask yourself, how generous are you with the other when you see somebody who doesn't look like you, behaves different than you, even within your own community, let's stop talking about, you know, race as in something that's out there. No, 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 not out there. Somebody within your own community, somebody who shows up to your group, to your bowling group, to your synagogue when shows are open, to your, you know, community setting. When that person shows up, and they look different. They're different. They're just off. Then they're off by your definition of off. Because there's no such thing as necessarily objective off. What yours normal is maybe they're abnormal and their abnormal is your normal, etc. But if you look at them and you feel they're off, for that one moment, ask yourself, isn't that person created in the image of God as well? You know, most of us, when we think of God created in the image of God, we pretty much think that God looks like us. As one cynic said, we create God in our image. So in other words, I have to think about God. Yeah, he has this color skin and he has this and it's a he and it's etc. etc. based on my own experience of myself. In other words, we create God in our own image, which is the most dangerous thing possible. Because how could you define something which is undefinable? And why are you choosing to define it like yourself? Pretty much what you're saying, in other words, is you're God. I'm God. Because if God looks like me and he has all my characteristics and I'm as close to perfection as possible, obviously. So uh, does that mean I'm God? You know, someone one time asked me, he said, Rabbi, if you were given the choice to be God, would you accept it? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, really? You think that's a job anyone would want to take? Why in the world would anybody want to take that role? But at least don't convince yourself you're God or that God is in my image. Heaven forbid. On the contrary. Each and every one of us to look and see in every human being, in all seven billion people of us around the world, Chaviv Adam Shaniver B'Tselem, all seven billion people are beloved because they were created in the image of God. If you can't see that image, the question is, whose problem is it? Is it mine or is it yours? This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Atzin of Linksfield Show. We're here on the broadcast talking about um, the world we live in, an honest conversation on where we are, what's going on. And 
It's a lot, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. And what we're talking about the last half an hour is ultimately developing a sensitivity for what other people are going through, to realize other people's pain, to acknowledge a pain. And another thing I want to talk about on that topic is very often when we acknowledge other people's pain, it, it has to be contrasted with our own. In other words, you think you're legitimate to be angry? Well, let me tell you my story, which uh, just sounds absolutely pathetic. Um, and I'll give you an example. Often you'll come to Shiva House. A shiva house, somebody's sitting in mourning, and you feel it's time to comfort them. So instead of saying, gosh, I'm so sorry to hear what you went through. I'm sure you must miss your mom, your dad, etc." No, it's like, kiddo, you think you've had it hard. Let me tell you what happened to me. So a few years ago, I went through something, blah, 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 blah. And we start contrasting our pain with theirs, as if it's a competition, who has pain? And a fundamental thing of empathy is just the ability to actually look at somebody and say, I acknowledge you. I see your pain. I feel for you. I get you. I'm not comparing your pain to anybody else. I hold it. You know, it's been interesting in COVID. There's been a lot of uh, pain competition. So pretty much Chaim Schmerl shows up and he's complaining or she's complaining um, about, you know, the loneliness. Another person comes up and says, you think your problem is loneliness? Let me tell you what the problem really is. The problem is not loneliness. The problem is the economy. And I'm in struggle with the economy. Comes the third person and says, you think the problem is the economy? Let me tell you, the, let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is not the economy. The problem is, is kids at home because they don't go to school. So that's the problem. Then the next Chaim Shmerl shows up and says, nope. You got it all wrong. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is not the kids at school. It's the teenagers at home. When the teenagers at home, that absolutely makes you lose your mind. The next person's convinced, no, 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 they have it the hardest because they're used to traveling and they travel every single um, month. They're used to traveling locally or overseas and their life has been devastated. And the next person comes up and they have their competition on how hard life is because they usually go to the bush. And now the bush is inaccessible. So their life is absolutely miserable. And what I often tell myself, you know, because we all fall into that trap, I often ask people and I say, for crying out loud, can we just, can we just acknowledge other people's pain without in any way putting them down? Just accept it. Just accept their pain. Allow them to feel miserable. Allow them to feel sad. No, in no way are you, you know, are you diminishing your own pain when you could acknowledge the pain in another. And I remember hearing a good principle in life. It was told to me a long time ago by one of my mentors. At that stage, I was feeling a bit self-righteous. I guess it happens to many teenagers. And I was trying to save the world and save other people. At some stage, I decided it's time to save myself. But at that stage, I wanted to save the world. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.95 FM, I'm Levi Aftson. It looks like sometimes, even though I blocked calls, calls come through and it knocks off my phone. Apologies for that. So I was saying a person can, can absolutely confirm the pain of somebody else with no way diminishing their own. But I was saying that at some stage I asked my mentor, because, you know, I was, getting, I, was, I was becoming very preachy and telling everybody all the faults that I thought they had. And I said, how do you know when it's a time to actually tell somebody off? And how do you know if it's a time to keep your mouth quiet? 
And they told me a very wise statement. They told me the following. They said, if you're enjoying the rebuke, if you're enjoying giving the other person a rebuke, then be quiet. If you're having any, any pleasure from focusing on the other person's negative, and for me, that was always a big principle ever since then, as you know, because I became a rabbi eventually, became a teacher. Whenever you're talking to somebody else, and instead of it being about them, it's about you, you're enjoying it, you're feeling wise, you're feeling a need to tell them how much you suffered. And we're all human. It's all happened. We, you know, sometimes you just, you, you feel a need to unload, even though it's about the other person. At that time, be quiet. At that time, when you, instead of being able to focus on the other, all you can focus on is yourself, then that's time to be quiet and either end the conversation or work extremely hard to be able to overcome that need. It's a simple conversation, even with your spouse. And at that time, the spouse needs to talk about their life. And all you can think about is how it makes you feel about you. Greatness is the ability at that moment to sit there saying, no, 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 it's not about me. And I'm going to disregard my feelings about me for a moment. I'm not going to leave them alone. I'll eventually deal with them. But right now, it's about you. Because if every time I'm engaging with somebody else, it's always about me, then I can have no meaningful friendship or relationship in this world. Because ultimately, I can never let go of my own space. I take so much space that even when the other is suffering, I come to the picture. I surface to the top. We have to have the ability. We have to have the ability to be greater than that, to be stronger than that, to not fall in, to not fall into the trap of when we see somebody else's pain, to start contrasting with our own, our own, just acknowledge, to love, to accept, to be generous in our capacity for empathy to others. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. Here, again, another show that flew by. Um... You know, whenever we talk about uncomfortable topics, for example, xenophobia and asking ourselves, looking inward, it's no question that it raises uncomfortable feelings. And, it, you know, by default, somebody also is saying, oh, gosh, who is he to preach to me, etc. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm talking to myself out loud. And I'm asking myself, before I sit there becoming all cynical about other people's pain and I just say, oh, gosh, there are a bunch of angry people, like, unfortunately, so many of the social media posts I'm seeing. Can you find it within yourself to acknowledge somebody else's hurt and not compare it to your own and just allow them to feel it without judgment? Before we even solve other people's hurt, I believe that 90% is to actually just acknowledge the other person's pain. You walk into a home, a shiva home, and somebody's suffering, you acknowledge their pain. Somebody cries to you about their loneliness during COVID. You don't have to tell them that your life is more difficult because you have 18 children at home. Your struggle is your struggle, and their struggle is their struggle. And allow them that. Give them. Give them the space to uh, to struggle. Give them the space to feel pain. I find that that is 90% of, of kindness. 90% of kindness. Obviously, there's the kindness of giving food and giving money and all that stuff. But 90% of, of, of interpersonal kindness is just allowing people to speak. Just allowing people to feel, just allowing people to say something without judging them, just being a person who takes no space. You know, I remember I did various courses on um, 
listening and therapy and all the things that, you know, that rabbis need on a day-to-day basis. And one of the things that just made an impression on me is this idea, get out of the way. When you're sitting with somebody's pain, get out of the way and be there for them. When you're sitting with somebody else's joy, get out of the way, be there for them. When you're giving a radio show, get out of the way and, and give over, give yourself over to the message. Get out of the way. The more I can get out of my own way, the healthier. It's the irony. The irony is that the more you're self-conscious, the more you're, you, you can't get out of your own head and always focusing on how that other person makes you feel about yourself, the less you can ever build anything. You can't make a real impact on people's lives if you just trigger me. Imagine, and I'll give you this example and I'll finish with this. Imagine all I'm spending the, the 45 minutes of the show and all I'm thinking about is how is my voice? How am I projecting? What do you think of me? How am I doing? Am I comfortable? Am I this? Am I that? I'm going to be spending 80% of my brain power on something that has nothing to do with the message. And the 20% of brain power that's going towards the message is going to be a very subpar message. How do I give over myself on the shows? Forget about yourself, Levy. Don't focus. You have an insight. You have a message you want to share. Give yourself over to the message and get out of the way. Let the message come through you. And I believe at this time when so many people need empathy, there's so many of us that are struggling in different ways. And instead of comparing struggle, just acknowledge. Just be able to acknowledge. As it says about Moshe, Moses was able to go to each person's energy. Just to be able to say, I know you. You you exist in my world. I acknowledge you. There is space for you in my world. I want to finish off with a beautiful song. It's called Memories, and it's from Mordechai Ben David. Thank you so much for joining. I really hope that very soon we can go back to the studio and broadcast directly from Chai FM. But till then, second best is still best, and it's an opportunity and a privilege. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, the team. God bless you all. May it be a healthy week. May the world find healing, both physical, emotional, and intellectual healing, that we just see the world with healthy eyes and with love. Have a great day.